first podcast that we launched was in June eighth, twenty twenty one. So that was a year and almost, five months ago. Almost a year and a half. Yeah. Look at that. What a life. We've been talking way too much. We have. We have. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys. We've been coming off from the very beginning. We've grown since the beginning. We have. Well, you remember the the first few were on for this. All of this was supposed to be just for YouTube. Yeah. Remember? Cause well, the, no. Yeah, because the point was to have a podcast so we can. We were doing the the first the first few ones. Stuff. We recorded on an actual video. Right, but then we had the on, microphone. On YouTube, yeah, and and it was just going to be released every other week. Remember? It was? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because it was going to be one week uh, a training video, and then the next week oh, was going to be the, yeah. the podcast with the, the person that I trained. Oh, yeah, and they had some guests. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was going to... that's That was the original plan, but then we're like, uh, it's going to be hard to build an audience yeah. having just two podcasts a month. Yeah. So that's when we switched it to the, to the weekly, and we stopped the videos because both of us got busy and... I got overwhelmed with just all the teaching and and the editing and the editing and all that because stuff. Because now you finally got to see what it's like yeah, to, go, f- to do it. Yeah. The first time I went to see you edit videos and I was just I can't I can't do this. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I feel the same way when you're teaching. I can't I don't feel like I could do it. Yeah. I get overwhelmed. I look at people's faces and they don't listen <laughs> to what I'm doing. Because at least with the editing I have control. Yeah. I See, can, the, the trick is... I can reverse. I can reverse if I made a mistake. The trick is... You can reverse. You, you don't look at the people that you know don't pay attention. Ah. Yeah. But you know, you, you, <laughs> just, you, you still call them up. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. What a life. Anyway, <laughs> so my intention for this podcast is to talk about decision making. Okay. Um, last week we we went over how you made the decision to start the gym. You now we've been going back and forth on, on your victory days, but we never really talk about the process. Yeah, I think it's it's nice that we know what you did, right? Some of the stories that you've shared with us about when you started MMA, how you got there, and then you, your journey from student to assistant coach to coach, well, to actually student to fighter, then assistant coach to coach to business owner, actually, I'm skipping steps, <laughs> manager, and then um, co-owner and then co-owner owner. and then owner. So that by itself, like you've been going up the ladder, right? You're taking step like steps to get there but i don't think we actually we know that we haven't covered the process of how you make those decisions that not only impact you but they impact those around you yeah. and you make the decisions that are not just going to benefit you but then your friends your family and other business people around so I want to know how you go about the process of making the right decision for yourself and others mm-hmm. 
without hurting them or without feeling like or doubting that this decision is the right decision for you. So that's what I was going on with my mind as we were going over. I was like, what? <laughs> yep, that's why I know. Um, I, I think there's different types of decision making. Um, so there's going to be different a different process for for almost the type of decisions that you have to make. Yeah, let's break it down. Um, like because I know there's right there's difference. Because I feel like with with the decision to to stop fighting and focus on coaching to run the gym. Yeah. When all that stuff was happening, I there wasn't a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. You know, it, everything happened so quickly that it became just an automatic response to do it. Um, and I kind of credit that to the martial artist in me where we talk about like you do so many repetitions something becomes automatic yeah it became repetition for me to to teach to be a leader you know so when all of that happened and now the opportunity comes to actually be the official leader of the gym I had gotten so many repetitions of that that it kind of just became an automatic response. Like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's also those decisions that are are calculated, you know, that mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to think about. And I've kind of always been like that. But I kind of credit uh, Professor Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, one of the management teachers at um, UIC. I think in one of the first few days of his class, he talked about opportunity cost. And if you, I, I say it a lot, I learned two things in college, time management and opportunity cost. Those are the two biggest things that I got from college. And the opportunity cost basically is just exactly that. Every decision you make has a price, whether it's going to be a physical price, whether it's going to be a monetary price, an emotional price some sort of price is going to take place with every decision that you make. So that's when you have to kind of budget Mm. what you have to give for that decision. You know, and and I remember way back, I I think I got my my first cell phone when I was 13. No. Yeah. Yes. I was 13. I I was in 7th or 8th grade, yeah. Uh, when I got my first cell phone and that wasn't something where you know I'm begging my parents can I get a cell phone can I get a cell phone it was one of those things it was like can I get a cell phone or like if you want to pay for it mm-hmm. you know so my dad took me to the store I looked at the phones I asked my questions like how much is this going to cost and then they, I got my answers I went home without the phone looked at the costs looked at how much money I had looked at how much my allowance was at the time because obviously I didn't have a job you know and I started calculating okay what is this going to do for me financially can I do this mm-hmm. the answer was yes so I went back to the store two weeks later I looked at the phones again and I picked the phone and I got the phone and I've been paying for my phone since the first day I had it mm. you know but it took it, there was a process there even at 13, if I just wanted a cell phone, you know, so I've kind of always had that. And obviously, you know, when I was starting MMA was an emotion, emotional decision. Mm. I had my heart broken. Wanted, I felt sad. I felt angry. 
I went to the bank, the gym next door to the bank was advertising MMA classes. I was like, boom, I was there the next week punching stuff. You know, there was no thinking of how much is this going to cost. There's none of that. When I joined Victory, I, I signed up on the first day. You know, I didn't look at the, the cost difference between that gym and my first gym. I just knew that this was going to be, that was the place that I, that I needed to be. And I was going to make it happen no matter what. So I signed up on my first day. How do you do that? Because you're quick to act on, you know, your best mm-hmm. interest, right? So, I mean, some people might have called it reckless. You started, may actually, some people might say, you know what, this was one of the best decisions you could make because you could have let that anger out on something else. Yeah. But you made the decision of mm-hmm. starting MMA and using that in a healthy way. Yep. But then you're quick on it to just kind of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm, I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. With, with starting MMA, it was something that was just going to affect me. You know, and obviously a little bit my parents because, you know, this is obviously a very physical sport. Yeah. You know, so I I talked to them about wanting to start. I told them, and when I started, there was really no intention of fighting. I just wanted to let that anger out. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, the money thing, I I wasn't financially responsible. I obviously didn't have kids. I didn't have anything, you know, so it was like, it's my money. You know, so if and there were times where money was was tight around training, but it was like whatever whenever I was setting up my budget, the first thing that went on the list was MMA. Mm. There was no way I was going to miss a payment on my tuition, you know, and that was a decision that I made. But my finances affected nobody else, you know, so that that's where those quicker decisions come from. The ones that are going to affect other people, those are the ones that take a little bit more talking and a little bit more processing. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this, but after I joined Victory, I think within the first month of me training, I wanted to drop out of school and just focus on that. Mm-hmm. Just focus on MMA. Um, you know, so I want, first, this is a decision that was obviously going to affect more people, you know, because my, yeah. my parents are really big on on, on me getting an education mm-hmm. and that, that was always the agreement even when I wanted to be a pro wrestler they always push get your get your education first and then after you get your education go for it mm. you know so I knew this was going to be a decision that kind of affected my parents so I talked to them and they're like go talk to your coach mm. you know so I talked to my coach he's like if you drop out of college this becomes your college you know, and basically what I told them, I was like, you know, I really like what you guys do here. I can see myself doing this for the rest of my life. I want to drop out of school. And he's like, well, if you do drop out of school, this becomes your full-time school. Mm-hmm. We'll teach you what you need to know. You'll pay your tuition still. But, you know, there, there's levels, there's stages that you move up. And then eventually we can, so even from the beginning that we were talking about, me running a gym. How how are, you, how are you able to do that? Like some people are so quick to just do, you know. But you're just you you take those those the opportunity costs right yeah. without Miller because Miller is years ahead. Yeah. But even before you met the professor, you were already doing that for yourself. Yeah. You were already thinking, okay, so if I do this, 
this is what's gonna be my life and, and that's the the respect that I have for people mm, okay you know I I listened to what my parents said by go to, going to talk to my coach you know and I, I had known him for a month at the time you know so the trust that that we had was in the very beginning stages and and like I said Anthony from the very beginning treated me really well you know he he came into he wasn't there my first day um, at victory he was there the second day you know but that second day you know he saw a new face he came over he introduced himself to me he shook my hand and you know he asked me how everything was going he liked the fact that I signed up right away he's like that shows commitment it shows that you're committed I like that and by the third day that the third day that I was there he was already ready asking the instructor if, if I was in the advanced class yet hmm. you know and he was like he just started hmm. And then Anthony even told him, he's like, well, don't keep him there for too long. You know, and by the second month, he was having me run the stretches and stuff. And I, that story, I know I've told before, where he introduced me to the class and he told him, this is my future fighter. Give him the same respect that you give me. Yeah. You know, so he always treated me well. There was always, I think, a mutual respect from the beginning. But obviously, to trust him on big life decisions like whether or not i'm going to drop out of school it wasn't 100 percent there yet you know but I, my parents told me to do it so i respected what they asked me to do so i want to go do it and then i came back to them and i was like this is what my coach said i don't think that was exactly the answer that they were looking for i think mm -hmm. they were kind of looking for for anthony to tell me to stay in school and stuff of course but the ultimate decision after hearing what what anthony had to say after hearing what my parents had to say and then going through everything was like, all right. The bottom line came to it was like, if, if victory is going to teach me everything on the physical side, the the, the sports side, the the r being a martial artist, I need to learn how to run a business. So that's why the ultimate decision kind of came into me staying in school and, and finishing school. Oh, as so even before you made that decision, that's where. There's this, there's this possibility. Like you still didn't um, override the fact that, okay, maybe I could do it, but I still want to fight. I mean, you could have just left it as like, okay, I'm not, I'm not even gonna consider it. So I should just continue to not go to school or drop out or, mm -hmm. or do anything else other than, be anything. Like you, you still took the possibility of doing that thing before you made that big decision yeah right so it's it's just nice to see that you look at everything yeah and you take your time with it but then sometimes it's hard right to actually just do it right away because sometimes the time is so short and you have to act on the spot i have learned how to make better decisions under pressure because right. i hated that i hated feeling the pressure of making a decision quick Mm. You know, because I did have my process of, I, I try to look at all the possible outcomes. Mm -hmm. If I can see the outcomes or if I can kind of see the potential outcomes, mm -hmm. it helped ease my mind in making the decisions, you know, because yeah. I know failure is going to happen, you know, and, and I, I've lost wrestling matches. I've lost my MMA fight. You know, the, the relationship with victory was, was strained at the end. You know, so I, I know losing and losing things are, are part of life and it's part of growing and it's part of success. You can't have success without failures. 
Um, but obviously, you want to try to control how many you have. Yeah, at least try you to know? minimize yeah. the error or the M minimize the error or minimize the the damage that's okay. done from that error. Okay. You know, so it became kind of just looking at all my possibilities and trying to make the best decision for me. And if other people were going to be affected by it, to also consider them as well. Mm. You know, and that's kind of how I went about things. And that's why the pressure to make a quick decision without being able to talk to the people that it might affect always bugged me. So now that you just say that, it reminds me of the time of the pandemic. Because mm -hmm. that happened so fast. Everything happened so fast. Yeah. One one week we were shut down. Next, next week we know work back up and then we I don't know if it was a few weeks or I don't remember the time frame you probably know better than I am because you probably remember but next thing we know we're all shutting down and we have to close yeah and that that was so short and you had to make a decision right there and then to either continue to open the gym or open up the classes all that you know yeah um do you do you want to talk about that yeah so, so all of that did happen really quick you know and it was we had obviously heard that the virus was going around and we were in New York with my family, I think, uh, March six, seven, and eight. You remember the exact date? Yeah. What the heck? You're crazy. And by, I think the official shutdown date for Illinois started March 26th. March 26th. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. It was either March 26th or March 16th. One of those. One of those. But either way, we were on okay. a vacation, enjoying life, you know, having the gym and everything. And then two weeks after that, the governor announces we're closing for 14 days. It was 14 days to to flatten the curve. So obviously the panic started. As soon as I saw the announcement, I called my dad. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, well, the governor said this. He says it's only two weeks. You know, I was like, yeah, all right, then we were just going to ride that wave. Yeah. And I think after just one week, <laughs> the, gov one? the governor announced that he was extending it. So that's when the panic started, you know, because I think as soon he announced a shutdown, I think just a few days before it actually started. So we didn't have much time. To have the last few classes to have and then to, i remember standing in front of the class in the last class before the shutdown i was like i don't 100 percent know what's going to happen but we will find a way to one fight through this and two keep training you know and that's when you know we we started doing those videos here from here at the house yeah. And we were just trying to be innovative. We were, we saw the trend of all the push-up challenges that were coming out. So we jumped on that, you know, and I try to get innovative on how people can train on their own at home. We used broomsticks. We used, you know, I, I tied up the, the tie pads to the, the weight machine that we have here. Yeah. You know, we just try to try to find ways to people. For, for me personally, it was for people to forget that they were stuck at home not being able to train you know so that was kind of the first step and then the second step became the the virtual classes mm -hmm. and, and i knew and, and when it comes to those decision makings it was like what would i want if i was still a student and all of this was happening and i couldn't get to the gym right 
you know, because the gym was closed. What I what would I want my coach and my instructors to do? And that's kind of what I based it on, you know. So when we started talking about the virtual classes, I was like, I know for a fact I cannot give the quality of classes that I'm accustomed to giving virtually. Mm-hmm. Let alone watching all these little boxes with little people in it. Right. And trying to figure out if they're doing something right. right. You know, so I made the decision to bite the bullet and I was like, all right, we're going to do one-on-ones in these virtual classes. And I just remember, do you remember how we were going back and forth? Like, how is this going to work? Yeah. MMA is not virtual. No. MMA, you need body-to-body, body-to-body contact. And then even saying about the social distancing, it's like, how are we going to train with just standing there by ourselves? And he, and even when we started coming back in person to the classes, we st- we kept trying those things. Yeah, we were using the noodles for head movement. We were throwing tennis balls at each other's heads to to work head movement and yeah. slips and stuff. And we didn't do grappling for I think the first month that we were allowed to open again. Yeah, you know, um, all of those were were hard decisions. And in the middle of that, we talked about last uh, last week. I think we talked about it again of where my brain and my emotions because of the frustration was to close the gym down and never reopen. And that decision would have affected a lot of people. You know, so that's when after you guys talked and talked to me about it, it became that I started thinking about all the students that had thanked me for those virtual classes and thanked me for taking the time to to be there with them. You know, and then those messages that I got from students influenced my decision enough to okay obviously we have to go back and yeah. we have to make this work one of my first eye-opening moments that I realized that people really needed it is when it was I forgot which student it was but we did a class with him and he stuck around just to talk yeah and I think he was there for another 30 40 minutes mm-hmm. and you had scheduled another person to come in so we had to tell him, like, hey, you know, the next person is going to come in, and unfortunately, we can have all these yeah. people in one place. Yeah. So it's, you kind of had to kick him out. Yeah. You know, but he was there because he wanted to. He wanted to stick around. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, my God, like, some people need this social interaction. And, and that's yeah. just by nature. As humans, we need other humans. Yeah. And that was gone all of a sudden, and it was taken away from us. Yeah. So you can imagine all of us that are so used to talking to each other, training, growing together, and then all of a sudden, that's gone. And a lot of frustration that came for me from that was that I had no say in that decision. You know, it's it's my business, they're my students, and now you're taking all of that away from me. Yeah. You know, so that that's where some frustration came because, like I said, I'm very calculated with a lot of the decisions that I'm making, especially when it impacts other people and especially people that I care about. And now you're making a decision for me. We, we were just at uh, the bar that we went to on Friday. They made the decision that we were not allowed to sit there anymore. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, there's this rule that you are you can only be here for 90 minutes. And we were there for two and a half hours at the time. It's not like we were just squatting at the table. We were spending money. We were ordering drinks. We were ordering food. We were giving them business. Yes. <laughs> you know, and all, we were there to support our friends. Yeah. You know, and... They were making the decision for us. And, and, and that bothered me. Yeah. You know? So, if, if they would have been upfront with me and told me, okay, these are the rules. Because as, as soon as 
the shutdown started, you know, easing up. It was like, all right, these are the rules. We adjusted to that. You know, I respected yeah. safety. I respected that people of authority are setting these these rules to try to keep people safe. And that's what we did. Because when we first reopened, you know, the, the, where the story is coming from, we had class restrictions. At the very beginning, we were only allowing five people per class. Yeah. So we shortened our class times because we weren't doing grappling anyway. Right. You know, we shortened our class times. We increased our cleaning um, standards, yeah. routines, whatever. Yeah. And we were holding more classes because we were only having five people in at a time. You know, so now I'm extending my my work hours essentially to accommodate that. But they told me up front. The bar that we went to didn't tell us up front. Is that they would have told us is like, all right, well, we're here to see someone specific. Can you get us a table around the time that they're going to perform? And then we'll be back. We avoid these conflicts with transparency, communication, and and just respect. You know, because they didn't respectfully tell us the rules. They're just like, we're, we ordered more food, and it's just not coming. And then that's when they come and tell us, like, oh, yeah, your food's not coming because your time's up. So here's your check. You guys got to leave. Mm. You know, I, I thought that was very wrong. From a consumer standpoint and, and from a business owner standpoint, I was like, I could never imagine talking to someone like that. And that's why it killed me in the story you told to ask someone to leave. But I was like, these are the rules, you know, and I have people coming in and we have a limit of how many people we can allow in here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it killed me to do that. You know, but we were honest with our students right from the beginning. Yeah. And obviously the ones that um, that knew the truth, they were okay with that. Yeah. Because they at least got some time to get out of the house. Yeah. And release some stress and still train, you know. Yeah. So Because even with yeah. the virtual classes, we were doing them from, from, the, from the house. Yeah. And it was just, for me, it wasn't the same, you know. So I started making that trip to the gym and... And that even provided comfort to some of the students. And they're like, oh, you're doing them at the gym now. Mm. And they're like, at least now it feels like I'm there. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, look at how many other gyms closed. Yeah. Like gyms and just businesses. Unfortunately, a lot of them had to close. And there was nothing they could do at the time. But you were doing something that you could. any Anything that yeah. you could to help them and be there for them regardless of what was going on with the world and the craziness, yeah. you know? So I think people appreciate that even more than you just taking their business. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what you're about. You know, and and I felt it both ways, you know, because obviously yeah. we're closing the gym. Not going to charge you money for it, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I did have students reach out that say, my job didn't get affected by this. You know, we're working from home. My paycheck hasn't changed. Mm. Keep taking the money out mm. for the tuition. You know, because it's going to be hard times. We're still fine. You know, we st- we want to help you. Yeah. You know, and, and that I will have an, an unlimited amount of appreciation for the people that did that. Because that helped us get through those, those few months that <laughs> we weren't making... A lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it was kind of always that that looking forward and looking at the possibilities that when I took over the, the, the business side, the first thing I would look at were all the finances and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so 
from the very moment that I signed the paper that made me a business owner, I would think what would happen if there was a month where we made zero dollars? How would I survive this? So that initiated from the very beginning of, of the business that I needed to save money. Mm. So I saved money, you know? So obviously, you know, I wasn't expecting this that yeah. to happen. That happened, what, a year after I took the business over by myself, <laughs> you know? So, but the, the, between those students that said, hey, my pay is not getting affected. Keep taking the tuition money out. And the money that we had saved up, that's what really helped us get through the pandemic, the, 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 the shutdown. And then as soon as that we were given the okay to come back, we had, we had spent so much money on extra cleaning supplies mm-hmm. and, and stronger cleaning supplies and just so we can clean the map, map, uh, mats in between classes, yeah. um, not just after all the classes are over, you know. Mm-hmm. The, and it, it was impossible to find Lysol during that time because it was sold out everywhere forever. Lysol you know, paper. so we had to, uh, we had to buy in bulk, um, and because we were a business, we were able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, but we were able to do all of that because of a little bit of forward planning on mm-hmm. on my part and and the respect that the students had for the gym to want a place of them having faith that this shutdown is not going to last forever. And they're gonna they, they're gonna need a place to train when this is over, mm. you know. So, my appreciation for my students really grew during that time too. Yeah, there was one thing <clears throat> right now that you said that's really, really important to emphasize is the the possibilities. Yeah. You said that you you looked at the possibilities, and that's really, like, it's really nice to hear that you're not looking at just the problem; you're looking at ways to find the solution yeah i mean you're always talking about that in mma right like, mm-hmm. there's like there's no in like finite okay you're just done with whatever position whatever submission like you can always defend it yeah and then from that defense you can do something with it like you're always finding like, trying to find a solution for things yeah and i think that's that's just the mindset that mm-hmm. you have and it's it's like it's just really important to one of, one of the cooler parts for me during the pandemic uh you know obviously i like meeting wrestlers we talked about the importance of me shaking their hand and stuff yeah you know but during the pandemic there was none of that but there was one group of people that were doing um virtual meet and greets with wrestlers and stuff and wrestling legends and i did one with a gentleman by the name of Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was the president of uh, World Championship Wrestling WCW in the 90s. Um, and he was the company, he, he was running the company that almost put WWE and Vince McMahon out of business. You know, so I had a lot of respect for him as a business person. You know, so I was like, obviously I want to do the, you know, with the virtual meeting greets, you got a chance to talk to them a little bit more as opposed to like what we did with Tyson. You, you got your picture. All right, gone. You got your autograph, gone. You know, the the virtual stuff gave us an opportunity to actually talk with them. You know, so when I did that with with Eric Bischoff, you know, I told him, I was like, I know this is a a wrestling thing, you know, but I really respect you as a businessman. I'm a business owner. What advice do you have for a young business owner? 
and he's like it might sound cliche but expect the unexpected expect that something that you have no control or no idea is going to happen is going to happen and I kind of chuckled and he's like what kind of business do you have he's like I run an MMA gym he's like so that's a perfect example with this whole pandemic going on and we were able to talk and he he's a black belt in karate you know so he has a lot of respect for martial arts too and we talked about that for a little bit too which was really cool but then he started talking about the pandemic he was like you know you guys had to obviously pivot you know to to make it work and stuff you know and it, it was just cool to that someone that i had that much respect for on a business side that was on a very high level of business his advice was something that i had already kind of done you know so that was that was a nice affirmation you know obviously expect the unexpected isn't something that's totally like oh my god you know but but it was it was the right advice at the right time yeah you know because everyone can say all these words but unless you understand the meaning of it and the intention behind it and it's real meaningless right and also just to just think i'm just thinking about this because you know we talked about it in previous podcasts that you want to show your human side of things yeah and it's crazy because all of these wrestlers and hall of famers that you've met they're human too yeah and they just give you the same advice that maybe even your dad could have tell, told you or maybe you're already living it yeah I mean, it's great that, yeah, like, you, you look up to them, and it's also great to meet them in a personal level where you see that they're human, too. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, you know, it connects. Like, you're human, they're human, of course, yeah. right? But then they also go through the same struggles that you went through, uh, that you're currently going through. Yeah. Obviously, the same, like, with a bigger company, of course, but, again, it's a, it's a, it's a business struggle, right? And that's mm-hmm. a great advice. That he could have given. Yeah. Wow. And then he also talked about how much he misses punching things. So I was like, if yeah. you're ever in, <laughs> if you're ever in Chicago, just come to me, <laughs> just, right? Just come on by. He's like, oh, you're. Yeah. He's like, you're in Chicago. He's like, what part? I was like, I'm right at, uh, between the South Loop and Chinatown. Yeah. He's like, oh, obviously, I'm very familiar with Chicago. This sounds like a really good location. Yeah. You know, so that that, that was just a cool experience, yeah. you know, to have. Um, That's nice. You know, but. Many, many of of those decisions that you make are just they're just a way of guiding you towards the right thing. Yeah. Towards the right goal, right? And I think. And that that's that's, what it is. that's ultimately what I try to look at. I try to make sure that every decision that I make, even if it's if it's something small, that that small goal that I'm reaching is going to help me get to the bigger goals. You know, it's not like they're, they're side little goals that are, you know, just going to get me off track from the big goals that I have. I want to make sure that every little goal that I accomplish is just a step to the big goals, you know. So that also comes into play when it comes to my decision making. So it's, it's more so, okay, so you have the big goal and then you have the little ones and you look at the possibilities, you look at the drawbacks, right? Yeah. And then based on how big the drawbacks or the possibilities are you determine whether or not that's a good decision you know that's going to help you move forward to your big goal and like you always go back and forth yeah and so that's kind of leads you back to to what the end goal is yep 
Because I remember, Carla, you and I used to talk about that. I'm like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're like, why are you going to do this other thing when your goal is right here? Yeah. You're trying to take all of this road on the outside, go on a tangent when your goal is over here. On the and, side. and I see that a lot. Well, not so much anymore. I, I see this trend kind of dying out, but I, I saw it a lot at the beginning uh, that I started teaching. Is People would tell me, I want to do an MMA fight. So I'm going to go to this boxing gym. I'm going to go to this jujitsu gym. I'm going to go lift weights. I'm going to go take this kickboxing classes over here. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back here so I can put it all together and do MMA. Yeah. I was like, it, if your goal is MMA, why not just do MMA? You know, because a year of boxing and then a year of jujitsu and a year of kickboxing, you just spent three years learning three different disciplines that are going to have to be tweaked to put them all together anyway. You know? You so, still have to learn how to connect them. Yeah. You it's know? not just boxing by itself. So I, I'm not saying that it's not going to get you to your goals, but there, there are quicker ways the, to get there. Yeah, do you want to take like... It's, it is the long way, right? And especially with such a, a physical sport, you know, our bodies get old whether our minds get old or not. You know, our, our body... We're, we're putting our bodies through things... That everybody's different. Everybody's body responds differently to the amount of work. It's going to adapt, you know, but if you're not used to that style of training, your body might not adapt as quickly as somebody that that is, you know. So for me, that was always in the back of my head as well. It's like, how much time do I have to do some of these things? Mm. You know, and if I have to choose between two things, it's like, which decision? And I remember having conversations like this with you. I was like, which one has, is it the right time to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm putting my lifting schedule together, just to kind of try to make it clear what's going on in my head. If my goal for a day is to teach a class and lift weights, I'm not going to schedule a lifting session 10 minutes before people come in for class. Mm-hmm. And I can't say, well, I'm going to set my class at 4 p.m. and I'm going to lift at 7. You know, fully understanding that most of my students work and they don't get out of work until like 5 or 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense for me to put a class time at 4 right. because it's convenient because I want to teach before I lift so I can just have my lift, relax after, and have a good night's sleep. It doesn't work like that mm-hmm. because I have those things to take into consideration. If I want people to come to the class, I need to put the class at a time that they can actually get to. Right. And I'm going to have to work around that and get my lifting in when I can. Right. Because so you're, you're listing this as, a, I guess, in other words, level of priorities, right? Yeah. Because you are running a service, a business. Yeah. So people come in first. But you're also putting yourself first. You're just using different time. That's the time ma- time management. That's the time management. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of us just think of the barriers. <laughs> We're like, damn, there's so many things at once. And, and I think some people just look at it as, all right, this is what I want to do right now, mm. and they don't take other things into consideration. They don't take the timing into consideration. They don't take a lot of things. People. Yeah. Yeah, because they just want to get it done right there and then. Yeah. And that's where we fall into the 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 whole of oh just you, you think of something you just want to do it yeah 
and then you do it and it didn't come out like you thought it would yeah because you just acted upon but in reality is like how could you have thought of how it was going to end up if you didn't take any time to think about that decision and you just felt like doing something so you did it so well, those people can't even say well that didn't turn out the way that i thought it would because you didn't stop to think about it if you would have stopped to think about it what happened would have been a possibility in your mind but if you just acted upon feeling you have no one other than yourself to blame for the outcome if you didn't stop to think that that was going to be a potential outcome besides your your decision when you first started MMA you started you you made that decision by using your your anger right yeah have you done anything after that <clears throat> that you made a decision led by your by your anger could be any other emotion that maybe <clears throat> the outcome did turn out good or maybe it didn't I but mean there, there were personal relationships that I think I, I made a few decisions out of anger tail uh, <laughs> end of those relationships mm. um, that looking back now because it, I was that person at the time. I was like, I, I acted out of anger. And I was like, man, that didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. Mm. But it was, looking at it now, I was like, well, no shit. <laughs> Look what you did. Oh, you know? Sure. So. Sorry, I'm laughing. But it's, it's, it, it's, it's something that it's become less. I want to say that starting MMA was the last big decision that I made out of anger because MMA started taking my anger away. Mm. Do I still have a short temper? Yes. You know, and but instead of now acting out on that anger, I have a healthy outlet to let that anger out now through MMA and through lifting. You know, because I'm still very passionate about lifting weights. Um but that my like i said that was a good decision obviously because it's my way of life it's my passion it's my hobby it's my therapy it's my outlet it, mma has helped me in so many different ways you know so obviously that decision that i made out of anger was a positive outcome yeah. but the decisions I, that this is probably the only positive outcome that came from my anger it could have been the other way if you would have dropped out of school, let's say. Maybe Potentially. Have, right? Potentially, right? Potentially. We don't know what your life would have ended up, but mm -hmm. that was officially the first decision that you were set to do. Go to school, finish college, whatever. But then you started MMA, and then you could have said, you know what? I'm just not going to go to college. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to focus on MMA. But, yeah. You made that decision. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's. I think you you just were more equipped to act, like just based on your mindset, like you, your resiliency. You know, even even when decisions are tough, you still take the time to process. And at least with the best of your ability, you try to make the right decision that's going to help you. But then you stick to that decision, even though it's hard afterwards. And, and that's the that's the biggest thing, I think. It's the best 
decision you could have possibly made at the time, you know, because there's no way of knowing that anything we choose is the best decision. Mm. Simply because we don't, we don't know what would have happened if I dropped out of school. You know, so that's why I say potentially. Mm. You know, when you said that it could have been a negative outcome if you dropped out of school. And I say potentially, you know, because the, the things that I learned through school were more life experiences than actual, because the same guy, Professor Miller, also told me, do not let school get in the way of your education. And that was one of those things that I almost used. I was like, see, I would have survived if I dropped out of school <laughs> because I was still getting educated in my field. You know, so I obviously it's impossible for me to know what my life would have turned out to be if I would have dropped out of school sophomore year. Yeah. You know, because I started college in August of 2010. I got I graduated December of 2015. You know, so that's a lot more life experience that I got at UIC than I would have had if I would have dropped out in 2011. You know? Yeah. But it's impossible to know what would have happened. You know? So it's... I can look at it now and say I made a good decision. Maybe things would have been better if I dropped out. Because I would have had more time to focus on the sport. I would have had more time to focus on my training. Maybe I could have had those more fights. Maybe I could have had more opportunities in fighting. And still come back in time to coach. You know, and maybe would have been a better coach with the more experience that I would have had sooner, you know, because my first few years of coaching were rough. Yeah. You know, the very first fighter that I cornered got injured in his fight, mm. you know, and yeah, for for a good year, I blamed myself for it until I actually talked to my fighter and he's like, there's no way this was your fault. This was no one's fault. This was just, it was a freak accident that happened. You know, but I still blame myself, you know, so maybe I would have wouldn't have blamed myself so much if I had more experience in it. Mm. But it's that that's a big what if, you know, and I try not to go down those roads because, again, when you're looking at this itself is a decision that all of us have to make. Do we want to look at what if I would have done this instead? There is very little benefit that comes with that. Because then you're not happy with that decision anymore. Yeah. Because now you're looking at other things, start comparing, and now you're not just stuck to one. You're just looking at everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. All over the place, yeah. Yep. You know, and if you're really that Thanks. upset about a decision that you've made, if you have the opportunity to fix it, fix it. You know, I did not like the way that my business relationship ended with Anthony. Mm-hmm. It, it took a little bit, but we we fixed it. We're not in business together, but at least we were able to meet face to face and talk about it. Yeah, he got to tell his side of the story of why what happened happened. I got to tell him on my side of the story why what happened happened, and now we're back. We're we're back in the building phases of our relationship you know but it bugged me for so long that it ended that way you know and it 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 was refreshing to hear that he was going through the same thing 
you know, not because it was like, ah, haha, I'm not, you know, misery loves company kind of thing, mm-hmm. but just knowing that the the bond that we had was real. It was just, you know, he was angry at things in life. I was angry at things in life, and we misguided communi- I mean, misguided emotions. Yeah, misgu- misguided emotions is what what strained our relationship. And once both of us got our heads together on our own, we were able to come back and talk and clear things up, yeah. you know? And now we we talk a, a few times a month now, again, you know? And it's, it's something that I really, really hoped was gonna happen again. You know, I, I didn't see me going the rest of my life without talking to Anthony again. You know, there are some people in my life that unfortunately I, things didn't work out with. That yeah, I wouldn't care if or if not I ever speak to them again. Mm. You know, but Anthony was one of those people because he helped me so much that I, I, I didn't see that happening. You know, so I had to do my part in fixing that relationship. You know, because it, it wasn't all his fault. It wasn't all my fault. You know, we created the problem together. So when two people create a problem together, only those two people can fix that problem. And that's what we did. Yeah. <clears throat> it has to be both parties. Yeah. Yep. But But that's the beauty of of wanting to compromise, wanting to help each other, wanting to continue that relationship. But when sometimes when you're by yourself it's like it all falls on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the tough and, and, part. And I have felt that too, you know. And and those things are just harder, you know, because going back to the time where it felt like I wanted to close the gym, it felt like it was all on me, but it wasn't, yeah. you know, because I had the support of the students, I had the support of, of you and Carla, I had the support of my parents, yeah. you know. So it was like it's not all on me, yeah. you know. But when you get pushed up against a wall. It does feel like it's all on you, but then you start rationalizing things and and realizing those things, and then that's kind of what makes those those decisions a little bit easier, Mm. you know. Because the only thing that I can say with confidence that would have been a bad decision that I would have made out of frustration would have been closing the gym. Yeah, I don't think I would have been able to forgive myself if I did that. Especially knowing all these things that I would have missed out on because as soon as things reopened, we hit the floor and we started running back to our goals, making up the time that we lost and created the family that we've created at the gym. Yeah. Now we do have a family. Yeah. And people know that and I'm sure they feel it. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you were, you made that right decision. Yeah, you know, and you were able to find the middle ground with Anthony, and that you continue to look out for your best interests and other people, and continue to respect them and respect yourself too. Mm-hmm. Because as long as you are okay mentally, a lot of us are too. You know, this gym will continue to to grow and be successful as long as you, in your heart, make the right decisions for yourself and are happy with them and you're happy overall you know 
Thank you. Of course. Of course, me. And thank you guys for all being part of this journey because this this podcast was another decision making thing that was like ah. Uh, Should we do it? Or not? It was a we lot of like a plastic bag. It was a lot of back and forth <laughs> with it, but uh, you know when every time. I say it's like ah let's 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 skip a week and I go back and I look and I see how many people listened and I was like ah, these people would know if I didn't put one up so it was like yeah. um, so thank you guys for being part of that decision to help us put out this podcast every week um, follow us on our social media pages I'm on all social uh, major social media platforms at Taz MMA underscore fitness. Nene's on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM, as well as Patreon and YouTube at Nene MMA. And I need to get into the habit of mentioning my YouTube, yep. Taz Knows, um, because I, I know I've been saying it for a year, but 2023, uh, we're going to have more content on YouTube um, outside of just the shorts that I've been posting. We're going to start putting more long form content let us know um what you guys would like to see on that also um if you guys noticed on the spotify we do have a question um sometimes in some of the the podcasts so if you guys go ahead and respond to the question or leave us a rating like us share with with your friends and family and then we'll just continue to share the message. Yep. Hi. And obviously, if you guys <laughs> want to know something specific, hear a specific story, just let us know, and we'll we'll be happy to talk about it um, on an episode. Yes. Uh, but yes. thank you guys for listening, and we will see you all back here next week. Bye. Bye, mate.